I'm glad to be here, and I hope you're glad to be here. We are going to talk a little bit about a, a prophecy in the book of Psalms about Jesus Christ. We began with a parable. You know, the parable that Jacob read for us this morning uh, was a, called the parable of the wicked vine dressers. And Jesus stands up, and basically what he says is this. He says, guys, there was a fellow who had a vineyard. And he'd hired people to take care of it. And then he sent someone to gather up the good from his vineyard. And they beat him. And they killed him. They stoned him. And they wouldn't give him what was rightfully his. And then he sent some more people and they did the same thing to them. And finally, the guy who owned the vineyard said, you know what? Tell you what I need to do. I need to send my son. Because they will, they will respect my son. They will know he's my son. They'll honor him. And when the son got there, instead of respecting the son, what they did is they said, ah, this guy's the heir. We kill him. The old man dies. We've got this place for ourselves. And so they killed the son. And then Jesus asked, he said, what do you think the owner of the vineyard's going to do to these people? It's a pretty obvious thing, right? The owner of the vineyard is a king and he has the power. What's he going to do to these people? He's going to punish them. He's going to kill them. He's going to do whatever is appropriate punishment for what they've done, right? And he says, haven't you read that the stone which was rejected by the builders, that stone has become the chief cornerstone? Now, that's a prophecy. Where would they have read that? They would have read that out of the book of Psalms, 118, the 118th Psalm. And it says this, I will praise you, for you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. You know, not long ago, my father preached here about this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And he talked about the fact that we often use that like on a Sunday and get up and go, hey, it's a wonderful day the Lord made. I'm going to rejoice. He said, this is not what he's talking about. He's talking about the day that salvation came to Israel. And it was truly a wonderful day. It was a fantastic thing. Salvation came to Israel. But when salvation came, what the people in Israel did was they rejected the chief cornerstone. Now this passage is quoted five times in the New Testament directly. And it's alluded to another time in the New Testament. This evidently has something for us. Now I know... For you and I, we don't build a lot ourselves today. Normally, we hire building done. And I don't know how much you know about building, but I know this, that we don't build the way they used to build. They built stone buildings. A few years ago, we got to go to Boston. And in Boston, there are these old, old buildings, you know, and you can't, you can't put in a new road because it's all historical stuff and it's been around for, I don't know, 300 years or something. You go, wow, that's amazing. Then we went to Europe. And in Europe, they've got buildings 
When you talk about a 300-year-old building here, they're going, my driveway's 300 years old. I mean, these people have been around for ages. Their buildings have. They're big stone buildings. We got to see Westminster Abbey. And they started building that in the 900s. That's a, that's a long time. And you know what they built them out of? They built them out of stone. And I understand that when you're going to build a building out of stone, one of the main things you've got to do is you've got to start with a good, solid, strong stone that can be the stone of the corner, the cornerstone. And if that stone is square and plumb and it's exactly the way it needs to be and you build the rest of that building to that stone, that building's going to be strong. And it's going to stand, it's going to withstand a lot of things that the world will throw at it. Now here he's talking to spiritual people. And he's not talking about building a physical building. You know, Jesus told Peter one time, he said, uh, he said, your name is Peter and on this rock I'll build my church. Jesus was a carpenter, but Jesus wasn't a guy who was going around building church buildings and church structures, different places. Jesus was talking about building a living house, a house out of living stones. And we want to talk about that prophecy just a little bit this morning, the things that are taught. Jesus says that the vine dressers took his servants and beat one and killed one and stoned another And when he was telling this story. You know, Jesus is... And we're going to, as we talk about this, you're going to see Jesus is the stone that he was talking about in this prophecy. But Jesus isn't the only stone that the builders rejected. The builders had been rejecting stones for centuries. They rejected Jeremiah. And they rejected Ezekiel. And they rejected Jonah. And they rejected all these men. They rejected the young prophet. The builders... Being Israel, God's people, and the leaders of God's people, when a man from God came to them, normally he was rejected. That's just the way they were. You know, it wasn't just the son that was rejected, but the vine dressers took his servants one by one by one, and they killed them. They rejected them. You know how Jeremiah ended his life? Down in the bottom of a well. Jeremiah. The prophet Jeremiah, who came to the people and warned the people and preached to the people. And you know what they did? Ah, they didn't want to hear it. Stop him! They rejected the prophets. In fact, Jesus says this. He says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. You see, the vineyard is growing. The vineyard is God's God's kingdom, God's people. And the vineyard is growing and there should be fruit, but all the men who come to gather the fruit for God, the leaders of God's people, rejected them. Jesus looked at Jerusalem. Now, these people who were living when Jesus looked out there and saw that, you know, there's probably a 10-year-old kid out there in Jerusalem when Jesus said that, right? Would you think they're probably a 10-year-old kid? Had he killed any prophets? Well, no, that 10-year-old kid hadn't. But Jerusalem as a people, the people of Israel, they rejected God. They rejected the people He sent over 
and over and over. Then last of all, he sent his son to them, saying, they will respect my son. They will respect my son. Did they respect his son? Did they respect Jesus? Did they accept him? No, that's why the Bible calls him despised and rejected of men. He was someone that they didn't desire. I mean, from the day he was born. Remember Herod? You know what Herod did? Herod tried to kill Jesus, a baby. Herod was so rejecting of the Son of God that he went and killed all the babies in this town age two and under. Killed them. Hoping to get Jesus. Now, you know it's one thing to hate someone bad enough to kill them. It's something else to hate someone bad enough to kill everyone their age hoping you get them, isn't it? They rejected. I mean, Jesus faced rejection every step of the way, every bit of his life, everywhere he went, he faced rejection. When the vine dressers saw the son, they said, come and let us kill him. You know, Jesus went one time into an area where there was a man who was possessed by a demon. And this demon was legion, he said, because there are many of us. This man was a, a wild, raging, crazed man filled with these demons. Jesus cast the demons out. Cast them into a herd of pigs. All those pigs ran down this slope and down into the water and killed themselves. And this guy who'd been so crazy, they couldn't even, they tried chaining him up and he'd break chains. And when they come where Jesus is, they see the guy just sitting there visiting with them, talking normal. Wouldn't that be spooky? I mean, wouldn't that be amazing to see that? And you know what they told Jesus when they saw it? Get out of here. <laughs> just move on down the road, fella. We don't want you around here. Really? Yeah, really. They rejected the one who came to save them. They rejected the one who came to bring them life and all spiritual blessings. They rejected the one who'd been prophesied by these prophets for years and their forefathers had murdered the prophets who prophesied of the Messiah who would come. And David told about this man who would be rejected as the chief cornerstone. And they said let us kill them. The stone which the builders rejected. The builders. Were people like. The Gadarenes who sent Jesus away. When he healed legion. But they were primarily. The Pharisees and the Sadducees. You all know who the Pharisees and Sadducees were. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were the leaders of God's people. They were the spiritual leaders of Israel. And they're the ones who primarily rejected Jesus. Nicodemus comes to him at night and he says, he says, Father, we know, Master, we know you're from God because no one could do what you do if he wasn't from God. They knew that. John 12 says many of the chief priests and rulers believed on him, but they wouldn't confess him because they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. And they were afraid they'd get kicked out of the church. 
These people wouldn't take that risk. They wouldn't accept the Messiah, the Son of God. Because of what it would cost them. Because they'd get kicked out of their church. These people were the religious leaders of the day. When John the Baptist came preaching, you know, the Bible says the people in droves came to be baptized by John the Baptist. But not the Pharisees. They wouldn't do it. You know what the Pharisees did? They came and stood and watched and judged. And Jesus, they came to Jesus one time and they tried to ask Him a trick question about His authority. And He said, well, let me ask you a question. The baptism of John, was it of heaven or was it of man? And you know what? They couldn't answer. They couldn't answer because they didn't believe Him. They wouldn't follow Him. They wouldn't submit to it. But all the people believed that He was a prophet. Because He was a prophet. And you know what they told Jesus? They said, we can't tell. We can't tell. We don't know. The truth was they knew. But they rejected it saw a, a video here the other day of a man who was uh, talking to a group of college students about faith. And he was doing a Q&A, and this guy was teaching about Jesus, and there was a Q&A. It was Ohio State University. And people were asking him questions about faith and defending faith. And a guy got up and he said, yeah, I've got a question. And he taught, he, this guy was an atheist. And he began to make these accusations and these rejections of Christianity and all. And the guy said, let me just ask you a question before we go further. The guy who was giving the speech. He said, if Christianity is true, would you be a Christian? That's a pretty simple question on the surface, isn't it? I mean, how difficult, if something's true, will you accept it? You know what this guy said? Well, that depends on what you mean by truth. You know, because truth can mean different things. Really? And he asked him again, and he had another dodge. And he asked him again, and he had another dodge. You know why? You know what the truth is? That guy's not going to accept Jesus. It doesn't matter what you show him. He said, well, God could, God could do a miracle or do something to prove to me and convince me that, that He is real. He could. He did that to Israel over and over, didn't he? And what happened? He did great miracles to Israel, and what happened? They turned around and bowed in front of a golden cow that they made. That's not to convince somebody that doesn't want to be convinced. You know, years ago, when I began to do evangelistic work and do a lot of counseling with people, I learned their answers in God's Word problems, real problems. No matter what our problems are, there's answers in God's Word. Do you believe that? I believe that. I found only one problem I can't help someone with. You know what that problem is? Don't want to. Can't help somebody with don't want to. If I don't want to, you know, you might force me to go through some motions, but you are not convincing me. As the old phrase goes, a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. You're not going to convince me. I'm not going to be different. It amounts to whether I accept or reject Jesus. Now look at yourself and your life. There have been times in your life you were rejecting, right? There have been. been times in my life I wasn't accepting. And there's other times that I was. You see, this is really a personal question for all of us.
whether or not we will accept this stone as the corner. And when the chief priests and Pharisees heard his parable, they perceived he was speaking of them. <laughs> really? <laughs> they were pretty sharp, weren't they? They picked right up on that. Made them angry. Really made them upset because he's talking about... You ever talk to somebody who was making some kind of criticism, but they didn't use your name, but you were pretty sure they were talking about you? That's the situation they were in right here. And it made them very, very angry. These same people Peter talks to in Acts chapter 4. And Peter, the ruler said to him, to Peter, by what power or name did you do this? He'd healed a guy. And they, they arrest him and bring him for healing somebody. They arrest him. And they said, you tell us what power you did this by. You know what he said? It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but God raised from the dead. He didn't mince words, did he? He said, I heal this man by the name of Jesus Christ, the one you killed, the one you crucified, and God raised him from the dead. And then look what he says. He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. He's the one you rejected. And he goes back to this prophecy of David in Psalm 118. He said, David talked about this. You think you're so holy and mighty? You are. You're holy and mighty. You made it into a prophecy of David. <laughs> Except you're the bad guy in the prophecy. You're the one who rejected the stone. The stone that God raised up. You killed him. And God raised him from the dead. You know, that's the case in America today, in the world today. You know, America, a lot of people are big fans of Israel in America. America's the, you know, and politically, all, all of that goes politically, I'm not talking about the politics. Israel rejects Jesus. Israel rejects Him as the Son of God. A lot of Christians are huge advocates. We've got to stand up for Israel. We've got to promote Israel. Israel hates Jesus. They don't believe in Him. I went to a state dinner one time because I was trying to put together a trip to Israel. A bunch of us wanted to go. And I went to a dinner put on by the Department of State where they were trying to get people to come to him, to Israel. And most of them were pastors of churches. And he goes through all this. Oh, you can go where Garden of Gethsemane. And you can go here where Jesus did this and where Jesus did that. And really made their spiel. And then he opened up for questions. And I said, I've got a question. He said, okay, what's your question? I said, you don't believe in Jesus. Why are you here trying to sell us to come to Israel? Because it's the land of Jesus. And he said, well, that's a good question. <laughs> and he said, I'm going to tell you the honest truth. The honest truth is only 2% of Israel has any religion at all. And they wouldn't want you in Israel. But the rest of us, it's all about the American dollar. American Christians will spend money to come to Israel to walk where they, they believe their Messiah walked. We'll sell it to them. Now that's just the truth. That's what the guy told me. Israel doesn't believe in Jesus. Jesus is rejected by most of the nation's leaders today. China doesn't accept Jesus. China officially denies 
that Jesus is the Son of God and that Christianity is real. I talked to someone just last week who adopted a child from China and they are really concerned. They know some people in China and they said, how do we get a mission work started over there? And we talked about that some. They said, we can't even hardly get Bibles over there. It's hard to hide a Bible to get a Bible into China to people. China rejects Jesus. Russia rejects Jesus. Oh, that's not Russia, is it? That's Muslim nations. Did I skip Russia? Hmm. Thought I had it in there. Muslim nations reject Jesus. All the Muslim nations, Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, Qatar, Kuwait, they all reject Jesus. It's against the law for you to own a Bible in Saudi Arabia. Got an email from some folks in Saudi Arabia who are Christians. And they said, we just want you to know we're here. We have to hide when we worship, but we're here. We don't want anything from you other than to let you know that we're here. And we're serving Christ. But as a nation, they reject Jesus. Hindu nations reject Jesus. India, they reject Jesus. They don't believe in Jesus. India believes in Hinduism. They believe you're going to be reincarnated and come back as a different person. They don't accept Jesus as the Son of God. They reject Him. In fact, most if not all of the world's leaders reject Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not saying every person in that photo does because I don't know all those people in that photo. But I'm saying most of the nations, the leaders of the nations in this world today reject Jesus Christ. But did you know that's not all? That's not all. The world rejects Jesus, but that's not the only ones who reject Jesus. Because in America, many, many religious leaders in America reject Jesus Christ. Many of them preach their own religion. They preach their own faith. They preach their own gospel. And they reject the things that God says that Jesus teaches in the Bible. They reject His words. Jesus said... You're going to be judged. The words that I speak will judge you. That's what Jesus said. And these people reject the words that God spoke. Now they would tell you they don't reject Jesus. But in practice they do. In practice they twist and omit and change the words that the Son of God came to deliver. When He came to harvest, when He came to bring in fruit into the Father's father's vineyard from the father's vineyard he came and taught truth and these people go into the same vineyard and they teach lies they teach things that are not true teach things that are contrary to what jesus christ said jesus is rejected don't you doubt that don't you question that jesus is wholly rejected in first peter chapter 2 peter says this, Therefore, to you who believe, He is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. He quotes this, and I want to notice a couple of things about this. One, he quotes the same thing again. He's talking about the same stuff that Jesus and Paul and all of these guys have been talking about. And he says this, But to you, therefore to you who believe, you see, there's one group of people that don't reject Jesus. And that's true believers. That's people who in faith 
will commit and dedicate their lives to serving Him, who believe He's worthy, who believe He is almighty, who believe He's the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world, and who believe that He's God. And because He's God, He's got a right to tell us what to do. Because He's God, I listen to His commands. Because He's God, I follow His directions and I heed His warnings. And because He is a holy and mighty and just God, I don't give Him my leftovers, but I give Him my best. You see, there are those in this world today. And those people are in China. And they're in Russia. And they're in India. And they're in Nigeria. And they're in Saudi Arabia. And they're in Israel. And they're all over this world. But they're not the leaders. They're not the people in public. Those people have rejected Jesus. He says a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. Just this week made big news. We live over toward McKinney, Texas. Just this week, the big news in McKinney is the schools have decided that they will no longer hold any graduations or school assemblies at Prestonwood Baptist Church. They're not going to do that. you know why? Because there's a cross on the front of the pulpit at Prestonwood Baptist Church. And they would not agree to remove the cross for the assembly. McKinney paid $40,000 to that church every time they had an assembly there. And this church said, no, we're not going to move the cross. And the school of McKinney, the school board said, you know what? Separation of church and state, we're not going to do it anymore. We're not going to have it there anymore. You know where else has their graduation ceremonies at Prestonwood Baptist? Prosper the school that our kids attended when they were little. You know what news I read yesterday? Prosper is now saying, you know what? We just don't know if we can, we can do that. We just don't know if we can go have a graduation ceremony in a church. Why? You know why? Because Jesus is an offense to people. That's why. There are people in the school system in... Prosper, Texas, who are members of a group called the Freedom From Religion Foundation. And they're suing schools who use churches. You know why? Because Jesus is a rock of offense. Now, I could get up here and I could preach a great sermon on, say, husbands loving your wives. And how important it is to be honest and good in a relationship. And you know, people, people could accept that in any kind of church you want to take it to. The Muslims, most of, a lot of Americanized Muslims would accept a lot of that. The Jews, Americanized Jews would accept that. People who live around here, regardless of their faith, would say, yeah, you know, you need to treat your wife good, and you need to treat your husband good, and you need to be honest and not cheat. And most people would agree with that until you say the name Jesus. And when you say the name Jesus, it's not welcome anymore. When you say the name Jesus, you get a hush and get that out of here. You know why? Because he's a rock of offense. He's a stone of stumbling. And people don't want it. They don't want anything to do with Jesus. 
And whomever falls on this stone will be broken, but on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. This is an odd, odd phrase, odd passage to me. I, you know, when I first read that, I thought, that's just kind of, you know, I'm, I mean, I get the gist. The gist is, if you go up against the stone, you're going to lose, right? But why would he say it this way? And in some research, one of the things I found that during this period of time when this was said, one of the things, the way they went about stoning someone to death is they would take someone up and push them off of something really high down on the stones, down on the ground, and when they'd land, it would smash them and, and kill them. If that didn't kill them, then they would take a large stone that took several men to carry, and they would lift it, and they would carry it over and drop it on the person. If that didn't kill them, then the, the people who were around would take stones and throw at them till they were dead. I think that's the picture he's drawing here. You land on the stone, it's going to dash you, it's going to smash you. If a stone lands on you, it's going to destroy you. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. No one. Either we come through Jesus or we don't go to the Father. That's just the truth. There's no other way. There's no other option for us. And so rejecting Jesus isn't just a mistake. It isn't just an error. It's a fatal mistake. It's a fatal error that will cost an eternity for those who fall. And whoever falls on this stone will be broken, but on whomever it falls it will grind into stones. This was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes, is the next thing David says. He says, they're going to reject the stone and God's going to make it the cornerstone. If they fall on it, it's going to destroy them. If it falls on them, it'll destroy them. It, God did it and it is marvelous in our eyes. We in America don't really understand that a lot yet. I'm afraid we will. But we don't understand that a whole lot yet. What it's like for people who hate Jesus to fight against Jesus and fight against His followers and persecute and torture His followers. But as you read in the Bible, you look in the book of Revelation, the saints who were slaughtered, the martyrs, under the throne, cry out to God and say, How long, how long will you allow this to go on? How long before you punish them? And they cry for justice. And they cry for help. And he says there's help. Help's on the way. Justice will come. And it's a marvelous thing in our eyes. Peter said this, Coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. He says we come to Him as a living stone. He is a living stone and you are living stones that are built up into a holy house. You know, we've got this building here. You guys, a lot of Larry and Zach and a lot of you guys, if I leave somebody out, don't be offended, but a lot of you guys worked on this, made it look pretty, put some stones here and all. This is nice. But God's interested in building a spiritual house, Right? God's interested in building a spiritual zone. This building, it's just a building. It's a nice building and it's gotten nicer and I enjoy being here and appreciate all the work that was done. But it's just, there's nothing holy about this building until you show up. And when you show up, there are living stones here. 
when you show up and the, the living cornerstone of God is here, this is something else now right here. And you know, that's true no matter where we are. Because God's people are a people. They are not a place. They're not a thing. They are a people. And they are a people who are built on and who build their lives on this stone, this stone of Jesus Christ. You also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You are this living house, this living stone. Now let's apply this truth. The things that we've been learning about. Number one, where are you? Have you rejected Christ? I don't know. I hope not. Where are you? Do you accept him? You know, it doesn't really matter to you whether President Trump accepts Jesus or not. It doesn't really matter to you whether the rulers of any nation except Jesus or not, whether our Congress does. It doesn't matter to you whether your school board accepts Jesus or not. It doesn't really even matter to you whether religious leaders accept Jesus or not. What matters is whether you accept Jesus. I'm not talking about going through the motions. I'm not talking about just showing up at church. We've all done that and mailed it in sometimes, right? I'm talking about really accepting Jesus building your life on him making him that priority instead of just something you do on the weekends making him the one that you build your life around you build your life on have you accepted him or have you rejected him you need to accept him it's an eternal decision and it matters the other thing is will you suffer rejection with him you know, Jesus talked quite a bit about this. Jesus said, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. He says you're going to be hated by this world. Are you hated by the world? Or does the world love you? I say, well, I don't know exactly what you mean by that. What do we mean by that? What's it mean to be hated by the world or loved by? All of your friends, the people you know who hate Christ or who reject Christ, do they think you're the greatest thing since sliced bread? Or do they go, huh, you know, that guy's a Jesus freak. That lady follows the Lord. You, you don't want to invite her to the get-together because she's going to start talking that Jesus stuff. And we don't want that around. Does the world accept you or does the world reject you? Jesus said, if you follow me, the world's going to reject you. They're not going to want you to be there with them and a part of them and what they are. He says, remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. In America, that's beginning to be more the case. That's beginning to be more acceptable in America. There's a, heard a, a guy here not long ago who's on TV, has a TV show, and he's profane, and he is proud of being profane. But what he said about Christianity was this. He said, Christianity is a virus. 
It's a disease. And we kill diseases. Wants to get rid of Christianity. Stamp it off the face of the earth. Wipe it out. It wasn't too many years ago you couldn't publicly say that in America. Especially and be applauded for it. But this guy's applauded for it. That tells me that a lot of people, a lot of people in America accept that and believe that. And this may become real for us. And so what I am telling or asking of you today is this. You need to make a commitment now. You need to decide now whether or not you're on his team or you're not. Whether or not you're going to build your life on him or you're not. Whether or not you will suffer persecution with him or you won't. Whether you will choose him as the chief cornerstone of your life or he's just going to be something that, yeah, I used to go to church some. And that's going to be it. You need to make that choice. That's the choice you're called to today. Number one, don't reject the stone. Don't reject him. The builders did, but you don't. You need him. And number two, be ready to be rejected for him and with him because that will happen as you stand up for him and you speak up for him. You will be rejected. Sometimes by people who are very important to you, but other times by people who are very powerful. You will be rejected for standing up for Jesus. But I want you to know he's worth it. He is worth it. He is the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. He is the chief cornerstone. And no rejection of him can stop. No rejection of him can stop him. He said even the gates of hell will not prevail. They can't stop him. And if you're on his side and you're willing to be rejected with and for him, the ultimate end is you won't face the final rejection where God says, depart from me, I never knew you. Because that's the final rejection. And that's a rejection that none of us want when the Father rejects the people in the vineyard who rejected his son. I hope you've been motivated and called to serve God today. That's what I want to do. I want to call you to serve him faithfully. He is worth it. Every minute of every day, all the prophets who were murdered told you he was worth it. He came and he promised he was worth it and they murdered him. The apostles said he was worth it and they murdered them. And many, many people since then have said he was worth it. There are people today who say Jesus is worth it, who today will be put to death for their faith in Jesus. He is worth that. He's been rejected by the world, but accepted and embraced by us. I pray if there's any way we can assist you, you'll make that need known while we stand and sing.